Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And we are continuing our Once More with Feeling, our Buffer the Vampire series. We are now up to episode one of, oh, sorry, episode five of season one, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. First released on March 31st, 1997, directed by David Semmel, written by Robert Des Hotel and Dean Batali. So, Eddie, what are our initial thoughts on this? Um, well, this is more Buffy likes boys. <laughs> yep. She likes high school. She has a type. She definitely has a type. Yeah, the tall, dark, handsome guy. I think this, this guy the comes dark, up. dark, brooding, reads poetry <laughs> kind of guy. Reads poetry. Yes, yep. must read poetry. Yeah. Uh, probably saw a little, slightly different side of Buffy this time. A little more happy-go-lucky, wanting to go out a bit more and live a little bit, I guess, in this episode. Yeah, a bit more. Yeah, she's more Valley Girl Buffy in this episode. And again, comes around at the end going, yeah, realising that her lifestyle can actually endanger those around her. Mm, yeah, responsibilities, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do play into that. All right. Well, let's get into the synopsis. Owen asked Buffy out on a date at the bronze. Giles has found out about a prophecy from the symbol on the ring they found at the cemetery. He is convinced that the anointed one will rise that night, and so despite Buffy's protests, they spend hours sitting on graves waiting for a vampire to rise. None does, though Giles is certain that his calculations are correct. He calls an end to their stakeout. I see what they did there. That's very funny. <laughs> Buffy arrives at the bronze and sees Cordelia dancing with Owen. Getting all snuggly-wuggly. Yeah, she was. At the same time, in a bus on the way to Sunnydale, a man stands up and begins to lecture the other passengers on God's judgment, quoting prophecies. Suddenly, a vampire walks in front of the bus, causing it to crash. Other vampires swarm the wreck, attacking the passengers, including the religious fanatic. The next morning, Owen asks Buffy out another date and even gives her a pocket watch so that she doesn't miss the time. When evening comes, Joel shows up at Buffy's house waving a newspaper that shows five people died when a bus crashed, among them the suspected murderer Andrew Borber, the man who was quoting the prophecies. Buffy insists on going to the bronze, so Giles decides to check the Sunnydale funeral home himself. Unfortunately, there are vampires present to get the anointed one, and they trap Giles in a room. Xander and Willow have followed him, though, and run back to the bronze to get Buffy. There, first Cordelia, then Angel, tries to come between Buffy and Owen. Finally, Xander and Willow manage to get her to come to the funeral home by pretending to be a couple that wants to do something daring on a double date. When Buffy figures out what has happened, she tries to ditch Owen, but unfortunately, he tags along. Even worse, he is present in the funeral home when Borba rises as a vampire. In the fight, Owen is knocked unconscious. Buffy kills Borba by sliding him into the lit furnace. The next morning, Owen is excited about what they've been through and wants more. This is what he likes about Buffy, he says, and almost being killed makes him feel alive. She realises that there is no way that she can have a relationship with him. Sooner or later, he will get himself killed. Giles comforts Buffy by telling her what a burden it was for him as a 10-year-old to find out his destiny was to be a watcher when he would rather be a fighter pilot. Both agree that at least the master will be unhappy too because the anointed one was destroyed. But 
in his underground lair. The master is overjoyed as he welcomes the real anointed one, not Borba after all, but a young boy who was on the bus with him. Bum, bum, the bum. end. The anointed one. <laughs> okay, so the anointed one is commonly referred to within the Buffy uh, fandom as the annoying one. Really? <laughs> yes. The annoying one, the kid, huh? <laughs> yes. Right. I actually thought it was going yeah, to be the like, black lady. I'm, I thought, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this, this misdirection stuff. You, you keep doing it almost every episode. So now I'm just looking for it. Going, oh, the crazy, crazy guy screaming about God and 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 uh, and prophecies. And oh, it's it's not going to be him. It's going to be one of the other people. And uh, yeah, I missed the kid. So yeah. Yeah, you always seem to go, it's the black woman. I'm not falling for this crap anymore. <laughs> it's a quiet black lady at the back. She'll be the anointed one. <laughs> yeah, so had have you seen had you seen this episode before? No, no, I've never yeah. seen this episode. So this is an arc episode and we finally get back to the master. Like yep. we haven't seen him since like the first Yeah, this two is episodes. the episode, fifth episode. So yeah, it's been yeah, a couple of episodes with, uh, with other monster of the week. Yeah, so this is an stories. arc what do you call it? An overarching episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lovely little vengeful sermon that um, the master recites. And he says, here endeth the lesson. And I was constant, like, I was just thinking to myself, I know it's it's used quite, like, a lot throughout the, it gets used a few times throughout the series mm-hmm. um, by different characters. Yeah. Um, and it's first used here. And I was like, where is this from? Like, what is it from The here endeth the lesson? Um, and so, of course, I start looking it up because I'm thinking it must be like from Glish. Well, he kept saying, so it is written, so shall it be. It was very close to that, so it is written, so shall it be done from like the Ten Commandments. They, they repeated that line a lot. Yeah. So I know that was a little play on that one, I, I think, wow. maybe. Yeah, that's exactly... What it is, it's actually something that's said by priests and reverends at the end of a sermon. Oh, what, so it is written, so shall it be done? No, 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 here endeth the oh, lesson. Oh, okay, right. Oh, like yeah. after, after they read out the, the sermon or whatever mm-hmm. in church, they say, here, here endeth the lesson. Oh, okay, right. Um, yeah, I looked at someone who was um, actually reading a, a like the Ag- Anglican prayer book that they give out to the, that, you know, they read from pretty much. Um, and yeah, and it actually has here into the lesson <laughs> written in it. Okay. But I honestly, right. I honestly thought it was from Shakespeare. <laughs> I think it's been said a few times in the show as well. I think uh, I did read about that Buffy saying that same oh, yeah, line yeah. a few That's times. That's what I said. I did say like it gets used by yeah. Spike. Okay, it gets yeah. used by Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I did eventually find out where it came from. Oh yeah, it was yeah. used in the Untouchable. So. Oh okay. Um. Cool. Um, I'm not sure what else to say about up. this episode. Um, oh, you've got David Boreanaz being um, uh, or Angel being petty. I always love a petty. petty uh, yeah, angel. that was something coming up at the 26 minute mark. You see, they keep mentioning that he breaks character he or something like that. As I said, he doesn't break character. It's him being petty angel. Okay, and I doubt the rewatch and he just does sort of make a goofy face or something. Like uh, I don't know if that was breaking character or not. No, that's just been Petty Angel. Right, like He yep. does it quite a bit in Angel. Okay, so that's his um, I'm Petty With You face. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kept 
I kept to notice this this coming up about the Nelson ratings were two point eight on its original airing, and it was a, it was the hundred fourth most watched show out of all the hundred and fifteen primetime shows of its time, fifth out of eleven shows from the Warner Brothers. Now I don't know, I don't really understand what that means. I'm not really familiar with uh, ratings and and what these numbers mean. Is that 2.8 million? Is that what that 2.8 means? And, I have no idea. And so being, being in America, I don't understand if 2.8 million is a lot of people or not because I know there'd be a lot of people in Australia watching a show, but is that 2.8 million people watching in America and is that bad? But when it says 104th out of 111, that sounds pretty awful. Um, but then it says 5th out of 11 shows from the uh, the Warner WB. So I – but uh, – it's mentioning it with I can't tell if it's a bad or a good thing, but it comes up. So I don't know were the ratings like pretty poor in the early days, maybe of the show. It was this like this is sort of the mid season, I guess, of it. So I guess they kind of dip a little bit towards the sort of the center of the season, maybe. It was a summer filler show, so I can't imagine they were too. Hung oh, up. really? Yeah, was it? Yeah. So. Oh, March. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I'm watching this going. Oh, this is like middle of the year. No, no, no. <laughs> I got my seasons all mixed up. Okay. No, no. This is like, autumn for us, so this is like the start of the year when a show would. would okay. Yeah. They, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a. It, yeah. It was a summer filler show. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it had pretty much no budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I don't think they were caring too much about the ratings. <laughs> like it didn't even like the first season they didn't even get a full season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got the twelve episodes and uh see where they go from there. So uh Yeah, there's not much you know, this um yeah, this episode does have a lot of good lines. It probably has like the famous line from Buffy, which is if the apocalypse comes, beat me. <laughs> Um, oh, that was something that was mentioned that she's got a beeper in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't have one ever again, apparently. No, well, she, this, does. she does. She does? Oh, okay. Um, they don't have phones in this series. Do they ever get phones? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but in the later ones. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you know, it's 90, 1997. Not everyone has a mobile at this point. Well, a lot of people did, to be honest. And I, I do remember having an American exchange student around this time and she was actually astonished by how many people had mobile phones. She was like, wow, like a lot of people have mobile phones here. Like it's not that common in America. Now, this is maybe mid-90s, like, you know, 96, 97. I can't, I can't really remember. I know my parents probably got their first mobile phone in like 1996 was mm-hmm. when we had that because I do remember having – I had to take that to parties with me. And I used to get absolutely, like, if anyone saw that phone, I'd have yuppie screamed at me. Yeah, it was a real tooly thing. Like, oh, you got a mobile phone, you know. Only people who run, need to run a business have a mobile phone. I remember saying that to someone. Yeah, I was I was one of those too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a yuppie. You know? What do you think you are, you know? Um, yeah, having a but phone as I said, class. I had to take it with me if I went to a party. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was pretty much in case anything happened. <laughs> mm, yeah. And when I started working, the phones are just coming in. So I just, I kind of can't fathom how people sort of <laughs> operated businesses without a mobile phone. I know my dad did have a pager, but I, was, I didn't know how he sort of really used it that often or how it all sort of worked. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It just, apparently, it wasn't that common in America. I, I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but that's just something an exchange student said to me that, you know, it wasn't that common. Beepers were hit really popular. Yeah, beepers beepers weren't beepers. That, they weren't that popular pages. here, were they? Well, again, like I do remember my father having one, so I, that, I don't know if that's a common thing, but yeah, whether other people had them or not. But. My dad did have one, but it was like for the CFA. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and th- and that was because and they mainly had them because the reception was really bad. The CFA being the Country Fire Authority. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might know what the hell we're talking true, about. True, true, true. Got to give explanation for these. Yeah. Um, uh, not really much to say about this episode. I got to say, yeah. uh, I don't know. Is it? Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. As I said, it's not a bad episode. It's not a, but it's not a top tier episode. Mm, yeah, it's very meh. <laughs> this is going to be a very short podcast. It's very the, the the terrible episodes we've got a lot to say about, but the, <laughs> the meh ones were like, it's not bad. Uh, oh, the guy who plays Owen is he looks like her dad. Like he could, he's almost old enough. Yeah, to be her I, dad. I thought that too, and I looked it up. He was thirty one. <laughs> yeah, like she, he was. Yeah, He's perhaps a little bit uh, too old to be playing a mm, high school boy. Yeah, yeah, very much. I thought, yeah, that was a little noticeable. That, yeah, and just funny that, yeah, there's sort of that thing with um, Buffy, uh, Cordelia, also all of a sudden taking an interest in this guy. In Angel. No, in um. In, oh, in Owen. In Owen. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like all of a sudden she has an interest in him. She has an interest in. Um, she has an interest in uh, yeah. Cordelia then takes an interest in Angel and says hello, salty goodness, <laughs> which is what she actually says when she's reverted to a teenager in um Angel. Oh, okay, and first right. See, and first sees Angel again, says hello, salty goodness. Oh, when she's gonna suck the oxygen out of him or something like that, she says. <laughs> yeah. What does she say? I can't remember. He's going to need some oxygen. Or... Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't breathe. All right. I think that brings us up to question time. Oh, yeah. We got those questions coming. Question time. Answer the question. <laughs> That's the first time I'm hearing that. You didn't warn me about that. All right. Go on. Bring it okay. on. Okay. Okay, which character are you hating? Um, Willow, I guess. Uh, she's barely in this, I think, really, to be honest, from memory. Yeah, they have the great little line about talking about boys. Yeah. Um, What was the most memorable fight scene? Uh, I don't know if you call it the fight scene, but uh, maybe the, when they take over the bus, I guess, maybe. Okay, yeah. I was going to say when, when she... um. When Buffy goes berserk because she thinks the vampires killed her boyfriend, she's like, "Why did you kill my boyfriend?" And she goes, <laughs> "Yeah, um, yeah." Uh, LOL moment of the episode. So there isn't really an LOL moment, is there? There's no, I don't. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Um, um, well, I was thinking of some before you were going to ask me, but no, I can't really think of any uh, laugh out loud moments. Yeah, I'd actually say this episode has not. Maybe the when if the apocalypse comes, beat me. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who gets the wooden spoon? Oh, I guess maybe Arwen's a bit of a plank of wood, to be honest, like a wooden <laughs> spoon. I suppose we're going to be clear when we say who gets the wooden spoon. We're not actually meaning who gets belted with it. We're saying who's who's uh, who comes last. Uh, yeah. Wooden spoon being reference to who's who's last. That's his trophy, the wooden spoon. Uh, yeah, Owen's a bit of a plank of wood, definitely a wooden spoon. <laughs> in this. Has this sort of dopey look on his face the whole time. I guess he was told to act like that, but he's a bit, yeah. Yeah, seems... I reckon it's that. Um... 
And he just walks off to the sunset again, like just walks in and then walks out and he's gone again. <laughs> Never to be referenced again, I'm guessing. We don't see him again. I'll probably say it's that vampire that gets killed by the master, like the, that's part of the order of Azulia or whatever it is. And he, like the master just grabs his head and sticks his fingers through his eye mm. or rips his head off or something. Yeah. What, the master gets a wooden spoon? No, no, no. The, that vampire. Oh, that why? Gets what did he by do? The master. Well, he didn't really do anything and yet he got killed. Like That's not his fault, though. Well, it was, he got killed because um, his friend went out hunting and got himself killed, and then he got killed. Well, shouldn't the friend get killed then? Did he get the wooden spoon because he well, got himself I'm, killed? I'm giving him the wooden spoon for, the- not, for not explaining it, that it's not his fault. Oh, I'm sure the master would have been very <laughs> forgiving if he said, oh, look, it wasn't my fault. How was it? That's what I mean. How was it his fault? That- I get the feeling that the master really couldn't have cared less whether he was in fault or not. It just seems like the type of guy who just doesn't want to hear, hear excuses. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, you give him the wooden spoon then. If anything, it should be the other guy who got himself killed. Maybe he, he should get it because he got his mate killed as well. Yeah. All so. Right. All right. We'll give it to the first vampire. <laughs> no, you can give it to the other guy. I'm just no, saying. fine. We'll give it to the first I'm vampire. I'm not arguing with you. I think you are. You are <laughs> the definition of uh, lying to me. Favorite scene? I don't know. I guess maybe, uh, again, the, the vampires jumping onto the bus was probably a, a suspenseful sort of scene, I guess. Okay. You know? um, least favorite scene? Uh, probably any scene with Owen in it, I guess. <laughs> Poor Owen. He meant he meant well, didn't he? He uh, didn't mean well. You know what? I don't actually like... I actually suspected him because he was so nice. I thought, oh, he's got to be a vampire or something too, you know? Until you pointed out that he was walking around the school during the day. Like, no, nah, no, nah, he's got to be like... He's, he's got to be tied up. He just seemed so sweet and helpless and likable. Like, oh, there's got to be something wrong with this guy. Uh, maybe he's a praying mantis. <laughs> didn't you say something um, in... The episode, you're like, you talk like that sometimes. Oh, there was a little moment when Buffy did a little, uh, little ramble, a uh, sarcastic ramble to uh, Giles about the the library. What was it? It was like people go like, into the library and then they read books, yeah, and then they learn. You know, yeah. there, was some, there was something she said, and the way she said it, it's one of those things where you know someone that well, and uh, you just see something. I just saw a little bit. I don't know. It was just, just I just heard it and I just sort of clicked. I'm like, oh, okay. It might be one of those moments when you like watch Jim Carrey or something and you see something I do. <laughs> and, oh, that's where he gets it from. <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah. This is where the books this is where the books are and the student yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, my probably my least favourite scene was um uh in the bronze, like the four of like the four of them, there's Angel, Buffy. Oh, and they're trying to do that Owen, awkward thing. Oh, let's uh, go. Uh, we're a couple, yes. And, Xander. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're all fumbling around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, yeah. Tr- they're all, yeah. Yeah, know. I'll definitely play that one, yeah. Uh, Which Owen was in too, by the way. The scene was in there. What's your favourite quote of the episode? Uh, what was that one when um, Xander yells out Slayer? Uh, what do you say? Uh, oh, so you, how how did the slaying? How did the slaying go? It's like shh, quite, oh, I mean, I meant the laying. I didn't mean that either. I didn't mean that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Go on, um, that'll do. Yeah, I liked. Giles says to Buffy, 
All right, I'll just jump into my time machine, go back to the 12th century and ask the vampires to postpone their ancient prophecy for a few days while you take in dinner and a show. Buffy responds with, okay, at this point, you're abusing sarcasm. Yep, great. (laughs) Fantastic. Shakespeare, eat that up. Shakespearean. Mm. A Shakespearean line. Dinner and a show. <laughs> I think I just like the dinner and a show. Well, who gets a dinner and a show? Dinner and a show. I sound like more like a horny Frankenfurter then, didn't I? <laughs> well, who gets a dinner and a show? Uh-huh. Okay, who's the MVP of the episode? Uh, I guess, yeah, Buffy, yeah, takes this one out. I would have to say. Uh, no one else really contributes a lot, apart from Giles, like, you know, trying to yeah, push her I, a bit. Yeah, I actually think Giles is the MVP of this episode. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. the one who works out from the ring that trouble mm. is coming. Well, no, she worked it out. She's like, oh, it looks like one of those things in the books. And he's like, oh, no, it's not. And he mansplains her. Oh, what are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> He kind of fluffs her off, oh, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah, and then he does the nice little story at the end of the episode about how he wanted to be a fighter pilot or a, gre- or a greengrocer mm. um, to, to cheer her up a bit because she's a bit upset that she's sort of realising that. She has to ac- accept her responsibilities because with great power, as we know. Comes great responsibility. Oh, but, yes. But you also put those around you in a lot of danger. Mm. Which Spider-Man never mentions, by the way. Yeah. And he's con- and I swear in every movie the love interest is hanging. Oh, she gets kidnapped every movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just part of the relationship, isn't it? Yeah. We'll go out, have dinners. Oh, and you're probably going to get kidnapped at some stage and have a ransom. Watch out for that one. And I'll be forced to choose between you and some other thing. Yeah. In um, case you're wondering, I always choose both. Okay, um, what do you rate this episode out of 10? And you've got to pick something. Um, uh, a rating, um, I'll give it maybe a, a 2 out of 10 anointed ones. <laughs> I'll give it, it'd be 4 brooding Emily Dickinson poems. God, okay. <laughs> I had to think about that one. Uh, now, was there anything else you want? Oh, actually, something I wanted to—I just thought then—the uh, crosses thing. Um, is that is that a thing that repels vampires often? Yes. Is that they always use the crosses? Yeah, oh, they're pretty pointless because they're pretty easy to just—they just, they just sort of whack them out the way. <laughs> they just kind of can whack, like, like, yeah, hit them out of their hands. So, what have, what about other religious sort of symbols and 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 potions like holy water? Does that holy water? Uh, does yeah, that come holy, up? holy water does um repel like yeah, burns their skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? Anything? Not really, because this is I just forgot how much of a meh kind of episode this mm. is. It's not good. It's not bad. And I hate to ask him why. Uh, what to look forward. To the annoying one, as you refer to it. Oh, before. you know what it is? It's just the fact that he's called the anointed one and it's close to annoying. Um, he's not really that annoying, but it is that thing with kids. Kid characters <laughs> yeah, in shows. Yeah, kid characters in shows. And they never, you know, 
they normally get rid of them pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it so, happen so many times in other like series shows where they have a child character and they sort of have these big plans for it and then they kind of just flutter off. Like in like I'm uh, thinking Lost. Uh, it, what was the kid's name? Oh, well, in Angel, they that well, there's a baby. Yeah. Um. They they age him up by sending him to another dimension, mm. and he comes back a couple of episodes later, a teenager. Yeah. Because you can't yeah. have a screaming baby in the background the whole time. Yeah, it get, yeah. It like, gets old very quick, yeah. I'd imagine. Uh, well, I, I think that's it, baby. You got nothing more? I got nothing. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about this one. Yeah, all right, well. Okay, that wraps it up for this week on uh, Nerd Subculture. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Edwina. And this wraps it up. Yep. Yep. Grr R. Grr R. Oh, we haven't got a Grr R. Oh, no, we've got a uh, call to action. That's right. Oh, uh, yep. Call, call to, to action. action. Two things. Yeah. Subscribe <laughs> to our podcast. Yes. Like our podcast. Like it. Review it. Review it. Share it. Share delete it. it. Don't delete it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.